Good morning, everyone out there. My name is Jaden, and I'm one of the pastors here at Eaglemont. And my name is Joel. I'm the Connections Pastor here at Eaglemont. And this morning, we are going to talk about the problem of exclusivity. So we've been working through the Problem of God series and uh, going over the biggest things that skeptics have to say about Christianity. And today, we've hit a really big one. So they actually say that in modern times, aside from hell, this is the number one thing that people have a hard time getting over, is that it's exclusive. So in Christianity, we believe that Jesus is the only way to God and eternal life. And that actually ends up being a full scandal in today's world. So what we love to say as a culture is your truth is your truth. And, you know, what I say is my own thing. And that we'll all end up in the same place at the end of the day. But that's actually not true. But I really get where people have a hard time with this. So I spent a couple months in Southeast Asia and I met some of the most amazing people. And the idea of thinking that because we follow different religions, one of us is right and one of us is wrong is really hard to understand. Even thinking about my own family and how we all have different belief systems, like to know that my belief is saying that they are wrong can be very difficult to kind of process and think through. It fights our nature. And our most common cultural response is that we'd like to just be a little softer, a little more gentle, and everything is right. So many actually find it extremely offensive to claim that there is only one way to God. In a recent article through McLean magazine titled, How Canadian Are You? Which, that's quite the title right there. More than 30% of Canadians were most uncomfortable around evangelical Christians. A similar percentage to the top untouchables, like child abusers and drug addicts and things like that. That's what we're equaled with. So that's... That's encouraging this morning, church. Uh, This is because Christians are viewed as narrow-minded bigots who believe that their way is the only way. The belief that Christianity is exclusive. And that's what people don't like. But it is a logical impossibility that all pathways can lead to God. So somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong. So in the study of logic, there is the law of non-contradiction, which means two opposites cannot be true at the same time. So the repulsion to the exclusivity is not so much a logical response as it is just leaves a bad taste in our mouth. Yeah. And now, Jaden, in North America, we love this idea of inclusivism, the idea that no one has really a lock on truth. All religions really have some measure of the truth and are merely just different paths essentially to the same God or whatever transcendent reality exists. It's essentially the all-dressed chips of all ideology. Atheism says all religions are false, while inclusivism says all religions are true. What this ends up looking like is essentially hedging your bets. One God doesn't necessarily exclude the other gods, so don't limit yourself to just one when you can believe in all of them at once. Why would you order only one meal when there's a buffet with all of your favorite meals right in front of you? This idea is so widely held that you have people from Gandhi to Oprah agreeing with it. Gandhi said this, my position is that all great religions are fundamentally equal. And Oprah said this, one of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe that there is only one way. Actually, there are many diverse, diverse paths to God. Inclusivism's basic premise is that all religions are true, or at least partially true, and have value. And if we say anything to the contrary, it's considered narrow-minded and judgmental. We mistake cultural pluralism with metaphysical pluralism. Now, our culture assumes that if my beliefs are different or critical of something you do or believe, that we cannot tolerate one another. 
because we mistake cultural pluralism, which is acceptance and celebration of different cultures, peoples, races, and religions. We live in a society today that's a mosaic. We all make a beautiful culture that is Canada, and that's something that is great and worth celebrating. It's, it's beautiful that we can all love one another and learn from each other's cultures. And even more so, for those of us that call ourselves Christians, we need to fight for the rights of other cultures and other religions. The Bible uses the word shalom, meaning peace and justice. So cultural pluralism is great. And even more so, it's biblically mandated. There are so many places in the Bible where Jesus explicitly says, love each and every person as he does. But going back to shalom, peace and justice is what we are called to do as Christians. We are flawed human beings, so we actually can't accomplish justice ourselves. I don't think anyone can argue against this, especially looking at our world right now and seeing all the things that are happening. We are not the ones who are able to bring that. Our sinful nature has taken away our ability to have true justice, and the only one left who can bring it is a rightful judge. So God. However, peace is something that we can have. And what is in our heart is what overflows out of us. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 2:14 and then 17 to 22. For he himself is our peace, who has made two one and has destroyed the barrier, dividing the wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we have both access to the Father by one spirit. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So Christ came and brought justice to the Jews and Gentiles. And now these are people who would have had no um, anything in common. They would have had nothing to do with one another. And in the same way, Christ can reconcile each and every one on earth to himself. We cannot reconcile ourselves to one another without first being reconciled to God. He has given us the peace that we need to be able to bring to others. And we can't have that unless he is in us. It's his love that makes us love. And in order to address racism, we must first reconcile ourselves to God, that we hold the same heart and his love for his people. So we take cultural pluralism, which is awesome and biblical, and we somehow just morph it into metaphysical pluralism, which is an absolute disaster when you look at it. <laughs> so metaphysical pluralism is saying that all ideas, all convictions, all worldviews, everything is true. But all beliefs cannot be true without fundamentally changing what they are. So metaphysical pluralism is rooted more in an emotional sentiment rather than actual logic. So Christianity is also not alone in being exclusive to its truth claims either. Um, Islam is exclusivist. It teaches that there is one God, Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. So in Islam, uh, heaven is a paradise of sensual pleasure for some, and hell is for those who oppose. Allah uh, rejects or oppose Allah, and then they reject the teaching of Muhammad. So the only way to go to heaven is to convert to Islam, which includes believing in their six main doctrines and practicing the five duties. But then when we look at Buddhism, it's another exclusive religion. It, uh, it rebels against Hinduism and basically ended up being its whole own thing in itself. But it comes down to you have to choose to believe in it alone. And that's it. So we're not the only ones that have an exclusive view. Even atheism, of course, rejects all beliefs. And it says that nothing can be true. 
So it's impossible to find a worldview that isn't exclusive in some way. So Timothy Keller, who is a pastor in New York City, uh, was on a council with a Jewish rabbi and a Muslim imam, and three of them agreed with one single statement, and that is, if Christians are right about Jesus being God, then Muslims and Jews fail in a serious way to love God as God really is. But if Muslims and Jews are right that Jesus is not God, but a teacher or a prophet, then Christians fail in a serious way to love God as God really is. They can't all be right. Keller goes on to say that many of the people who heard this were disturbed by this because to insist that one faith has a better grasp on truth than others is seen as intolerant. But in saying that there is no absolute truth ends up being a truth statement in itself. So this really ends up just falling apart. That statement is saying that these exclusive religions cannot be true themselves because they are exclusive. Inclusivity is a worldview built on contradicting system of thought, and therefore it needs to be abandoned. Here's the great irony of the inclusivist position. It is the most offensive position of all because it says that every worldview is actually wrong. And what it does by trying to include everybody, it excludes the exclusivists. So, I mean, what do you do with that? It says that their view on religion and all truth is right where everyone else is wrong. And there's no better saying than exclude the exclusivists. Try it. It's a tongue twist. Where it, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Another thing that people often use is the topic of ethnocentricity to prove inclusivity as well. They argue that where we are born dictates what we believe. If, in, if I was born in one area of the world, then I would be a Christian because it's the dominant religion there. Whereas if I was born in a different area of the world, I would have become a Muslim or I would have become a Buddhist, etc. In its purest form, this is simply a sociological observation and has nothing to do with the actual evaluation of the validity of one idea over the other or anything else in regards to the subject of religion. There is really no reason to reject the truth of Christianity based on this observation alone. Everyone's worldviews are informed by where they are born and the culture in which they are raised. This doesn't mean that their ideas are any less reasonable. Alvin Plantinga makes a point that even a pluralist view are a direct byproduct of where they are born. The pluralist would deny that their beliefs are unreliable because of these factors, and the same is true for the Christian. Now, popular thinkers continue to propagate an inclusive, pluralistic view of God and truth by proposing that different religions are simply different paths leading to the same place. To support this idea, people often use the story of the four men, blind men and the elephant. Now, if you've been in school, you probably, especially if you took a philosophy class, you're familiar with this illustration, but four blind guys walk up to an elephant. This is not the start of a horrible pun joke. And as they go up, they touch the uh, different parts of the elephant. One person touches the tail, another person touches the foot, another touches a leg, and another one, or sorry, an ear, and another one touches the trunk of the elephant. Now, with that, they're asked to describe what they are touching. What is it that's there? Now, the man who touches the tail says it's a whip as he feels the, the tail. The man who touches the ear says, oh, it's sandpaper. And the man who touches the leg says, oh, it's the trunk of a tree. And finally, the one who touches the, whole, or the, the trunk of the elephant says, oh, it's, it's a hose. People say that this is essentially what religion is. This is all the different religions blindly trying to find their way to God. They're just trying to do it in different ways. Here's the problem with this illustration, though. This viewpoint claims something 
itself that it says no one else can. Uh, Leslie Newbigin, a missionary in India, says this. This story backfires because it is being told from the vantage point of someone who can actually see. Someone who is not blind and someone who does, does have a comprehensive vision and understanding of reality, which the story itself claims no one can. We're just all blind men reaching out desperately to figure it out. The real point of the story is actually the complete opposite. It's the immensely arrogant claim of one who sees the full truth that all the world's religions are simply groping for. It embodies the claim to know the full reality which it claims religion cannot. To put it another way, by saying there is no such thing as a comprehensive vision of truth, a person is claiming to have a comprehensive understanding of all truth. If you hold to a worldview that contradicts itself like this, you have to abandon it. It doesn't work. In real life, we need to look at, ask, what is actually true and what is historically correct? So some skeptics see Christianity as a crutch, something that makes weak-minded people feel better, something they can lean on and they can believe. So the author of the book, uh, The Problem of God, which this series is based off, Mark Clark, uh, he even thought to himself before he had become a Christian, he said, religious people must use God to find comfort during difficult times, but that doesn't make him real. But after deep study and asking the hardest questions that he could possibly think of when it came to the Christian faith, he found that he now believes that the historical, philosophical, and scientific conclusions confirm the legitimacy of the Christian faith. So beyond believing that Christians uh, only believe it because it's comforting, uh, they really look and see that Christianity is not all that comforting at times. Because the reality is, is that it's a belief with consequences. And these consequences mean that there are things in our lives that we need to give up. So we believe that Christianity is not just true because it makes us feel better, but true because it works. It sets people free. It liberates us from the pains and restrictions of the broken world around us. And it gives hope in the midst of despair and a transcendent perspective in the direst of circumstances. John 8.32 says, the truth will set you free. So I can't tell you what to believe. But I can tell you that Christianity is the only religion and worldview where we don't have to earn our way to God, but that God came to us. It's not based on what we do, but it's based on what he has done. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He came and he died for us before we did a single thing for him. We didn't have to get things right. We didn't have to prove ourselves because we were offered unconditional love. The exclusivity of Christianity came at the price of a perfect Savior who gave his own life for ours. And while that doesn't give us an easy way out, it gives us far more than we deserve. So I want you to ask yourself today, what is it that you're needing to give up today? What is it that this belief with consequences is asking from you? And are you willing to take that next step? What is it that you're going to give to God today?